It's another glorious day and thus another daily answer with your host, Mark Dunnigan. In this particular episode, what do men need to hear? And one of the things I think that men need to hear is that living the Christian life is is possible. I think, see, I didn't grow up in a home where both parents were practicing Christians and where we went to church all the time. And so I think I kind of had this idea that that the men out there that were religious men uh, were men that were more predisposed, predisposed to be religious, that being a Christian was easier for them. And they were not men that really um, thrived on life as far as life in this world. And I realized that that was completely, completely misdirected and wrong, is that you will find men in the Bible who were manly men that enjoyed good food and the things of this world, and they enjoyed the opposite sex, and yet they were very faithful men to God. Definitely living the Christian life can be done. In fact, the Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So it applies to all of us. Acts 1730, all men are told to repent. And the reason that all of us have the uh, capability to live the Christian life is because all of us are created in God's image. Book of Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. So within you, at your core being, you are a spiritual being, a created one. You are a spirit. You have far more in common with God than you don't. In fact, you are inherently wired to um, serve and you have tremendous capability for goodness and righteousness, self-control, diligence. That's all within you. And so don't buy the devil's lie that the Christian life is some sort of odd against the grain endeavor that you are never going to be successful at. A man needs to hear that when he denies himself, places the needs of others ahead of his own, that the best part of him isn't being lost, but the best part of him is being gained. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Thus, we always need role models and examples, particularly for the next generation. Elders are told to, 1 Peter 5, 3, prove yourselves examples to the flock. And Timothy, the young evangelist, is told, be an example either of or to the believers. And probably the idea is both there. Be an example to other Christians and be an example to the world of what a Christian should be, particularly a Christian young man. It says there, let no one look down upon your youthfulness, 1 Timothy 4.12, but rather in speech, in what you say, in your conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Um, role models are always needed. We, we, we need living, walking proof. We need like what they call floor models, right? <laughs> um, we need living, walking proof that imperfect human beings can serve God 
accept acceptably. And again, um, I I don't need the role model of a man who's trying to hide from the world, but I need a role model of a man, as I noted, who you like good food, you you love this creation, you like being alive, um, you love the beautiful things of this world, you know, you love the opposite sex, etc. And yet in the midst of all of that, you can keep yourself unspotted from the world. Having all those desires, I mean, being a man full of all the desires, and yet you can resist temptation, you can deny yourself, you can respond righteously even in the toughest of situations. Um, I need a role model like that. My, my father was not a professing Christian, but what I really benefited from concerning him was that um, he was not addicted to alcohol. He was not a flirt. Um, he was not lazy. He was not a man whose anger was out of control. He was not an excuse maker. Um, he was not boy band. He was not a player. He was not a poser. And he was not addicted to porn. And what I found inspiring about that was that if he can do it, I can do it as well. Uh, I know, I know. I think some young men out there are intimidated by, the, by a father that they feel, well, there's no way that I can ever walk in his shoes. May I suggest you need to rethink that because what you need to do is to say, rather you, you want that. You, you want a dad that you need to reach for. You want a dad that by his life demonstrates, hey, you can go through life and not be addicted to that. You can go through life and not be a mess as a man. You can, a, a man can be someone who's not addicted to porn. That is, that is definitely possible. Um, no, you can be a man and not a slave of your appetites. That is possible. You need that. Um, because if you have a dad and, and, and if you have a dad who's a slave of those things, you can still overcome it. But it just, just seems like that if you have a father figure who um, gives you someone to strive for, to say like, hey, I can do it and I'm, I'm human just like you, you can do it too. And there are places in the Bible like that. In James chapter 5, it says, Elijah was a man just like us. So it was not that Abraham and Noah and all these heroes of the Bible were some sort of super, superhuman race, you know, kind of part angelic and part human. No, they were people just like us. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 would be also something like, I need to give me a reason to dream. That is, show, by your life, if you're an older man, by your life, demonstrate that, hey, here's what's possible. Here's what's actually possible in your life. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Um, give, me, give me something to shoot for. Give me a standard to reach for. Uh, give me a reason to like dream about, okay, that's what I could be as a father. That's what I could be as a husband. Let, let, let me see you striving for excellence in your marriage, in your parenting, in your daily walk as a Christian, in your evangelism. And so that motivates me 
to strive as well. Yeah, a reason to dream about, well, about what I could become as a man made in God's image. Yeah, I need that. Also, I need to hear I'm not alone. That is, it's very important to realize that your dad, your faithful Christian dad, fought against temptation as well, that he was not immune. He was not immune. And that he had to, like Paul said, he had to buffet his body, make it a slave, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And that he had to learn contentment, Philippians chapter 4. And that he had to learn how to possess his vessel or his body in sanctification and honor, 1 Thessalonians chapter um, chapter 4 there. And I, I'm, not, I'm not the first person who's ever run up against this. Other other men, and, and there's a long line of men, that both that it destroyed them and they overcome it and they overcame it. And I have the choice. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation is overtaking you, but such as is common to man. So you're not being picked on when, when you're hit with a temptation. You're not being picked on. That temptation typically hits everybody else as well. Um, and a lot of people before you have been successful against that temptation. And, um, we need to see that. I think that's why the example of Joseph and Daniel in the old Testament are so important is that we have two young men in the old Testament who, um, were very successful against self-pity, um, envy, um, Anger, bitterness, lust, fear, worry, anxiety, very successful against those common temptations. Maybe another thing to note is that if you have failed in an area, that's not a reason to throw on the towel and say to yourself, well, I just can't do it. Uh, this is not going to work. Many of the Bible heroes, we find that they, they failed. There was a moment when they failed. It could be David. Um, it could be Peter who denies Christ. And um, I mean, there's a time that Elijah is very depressed and frustrated. That rate of, you know, he's rated I, 1 Kings 19.4. Jonah was very, very angry that God did not, you know, wipe out a city. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. So do not buy into the idea that well, if I can't do it right or perfectly the first time, then there's no use even to try. Too many men have given up or resigned themselves to a mediocre life or a mediocre form of Christianity because in the past or present, they have or are failing in some area, whether morally, their relationships, etc. Be impressed that some of the greatest heroes in the Bible manifested a tremendous degree of faith after they had previously failed. Yes, Abraham lies about Sarah being his wife in chapter 12 of Genesis, then yields to her bad advice and bad leadership in chapter 16, but is amazing in chapter 22 when he is called to offer up his son Isaac. Peter. Peter will deny Christ three times in the Gospels, and yet Peter in the book of Acts is amazing such as the sermon that he will give 
in Acts chapter 2. And so just because you failed doesn't mean you have to fail tomorrow. Just because you've fallen on your face, hey, take that as a learning moment. It teaches you humility to be close to God, to be more serious about temptation, to improve your prayer life and Bible study and draw closer to God's people. Let that failure motivate you to become a bigger, uh, to, to become a better person. I mean, there, there are just many examples of what some of the most, not only in the Bible, but just in secular history, some of the most amazing individuals as far as who accomplish things had to go through a good deal of failure before they were successful. But what they got them through was tenacity, was perseverance, was the refusal not to give up. They kept trying. They kept coming back. And I think Peter's a good example of that. Peter's a great example of a man who just keeps plugging away. He, 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 he refuses to take himself out of the game and refuses to believe, well, I can't do it. It just cannot be done. Something else that men need to hear. You're being watched. And that uh, your, your son, your son is probably 30 years behind you. Well, and your daughter too. But primarily I'm talking here to men. So your son... Your son is 30 years behind you. And what you need to realize is that boy you're raising is going to face many of the same temptations that you faced. And are you ready there with an answer? Are you ready to have a conversation? Uh, that, that would be, maybe that would be today's reason why, why you need to learn how to get on top of a sin in your life because probably your son might have the same struggle or a very similar one. And so, you know, if you're 40 years old or 50 years old and you still haven't figured out a sin, how to get on top of it rather than be underneath it, uh, you're going to have nothing to offer your son who may be struggling with the same thing. And so, you know, I, yes, save yourself Acts chapter 2 verse 40 make sure you save yourself but maybe another reason like well why should I beat this sin you know because sometimes you can get to the point like I don't really care what happens to me okay but do you care do you care about your son do you care you because you're not the only one in the pot here uh you're, you're not a lone individual that if you go down that doesn't affect anyone else you got a wife you have you know you have parents you have family, you have brethren, you have friends, you have children. And if you go down, good chance, good chances are you're going to take some of them with you. So, yeah, there's a lot at stake here. And that's why I guess you need to learn early on, okay, what's my strategy for dealing with this temptation? But this thing that it's wrong, but I find it appealing. Okay, what's my strategy? And I need to clearly outline that and document that, whatever, and then share that strategy with other people, with other people that are struggling, with other Christian men, and share it with my own children as well. What helped you? Um, so don't, don't drag your feet. Don't say, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, don't buy into, well, everyone is doing it. And that's not true. 
Not everyone is yielding. Not everyone is doing it. Okay, that's not true. And then finally, I think men need to hear. It's very, very encouraging to hear a. Um, I believe in you, and um, that's important. I remember I had a conversation with my mom, and this had been long after my dad had passed away, and it would have been a conversation that my mom and my dad had when I was going through a very rough period at the end of high school, shortly after high school, coming home drunk at night, et cetera, and mom was worried about me, and dad said, don't worry about Mark, and my dad never told me this to my face. My dad said, Mark will always be there for you, and to me, to this day, even though I never heard that, heard that from him, uh, that was very encouraging because I knew at a certain level, at a certain level, he believed in me. At a certain level, he believed that I was going to be able to pull out of the pit I was in, that I had potential and that I would reach that potential. And, you know, the thoughts of childhood are long, long thoughts. Uh, at some point, at some point, need to tell your kids, hey, I believe in you. I believe you're capable of accomplishing great things. That's why I pray for you. That's why I talk to you. That's why I spend time with you um, is I can see your potential. Uh, you're, I can see your potential that you have the great potential to be an amazing Christian. And I did say that was the final thing. I do have one more thing and I'm allowed to do that because I'm the host. There you go. You do have something to say. Men need to be told you have a story. Well, you, you, have a, you have a very important story to tell. First of all, the story in the Bible. And I even don't like the word story because sometimes people think the word story is like myth. And it's not myth. But story in the sense of like, you know, you go from point A to point B in this sort of dialogue. First of all, as a man, you are given the great privilege. You've been entrusted with the gospel. Uh, and that is the and that is the only true narrative, the only true and accurate narrative out there. In reality, okay, and you are allowed to tell that. The other thing is, you have a very important story to tell about your own life of how you became a Christian, what you had to battle against, um, what you had to wrestle with, what you had to get rid of in your life and add to your life and all your challenges and what you've been through and you are still faithful. And well, you need to tell your kids that you need to document that you and your wife need to document that how you met and how you became a Christian and, and what convicted you about the gospel and why you're still faithful and what you have overcome that needs to be told to your kids and to your grandkids and to say, hey, if I did it, you can do it too. To all the men out there, I believe in you. Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. There are answers to the questions of life, and you're not alone. Until next time, we'll see you in the funny papers.